Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Friday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, literally Heather. I sincerely apologize that I did not put an episode out yesterday. I actually, no joke, after uh, Liberty Library, we had finished discussing the book. I was sitting at my computer desk typing up my show, and at 2.35 a.m., I woke up in my seat with my neck like practically broken and realized that I had fallen asleep. So I was like, I think this is the universe telling me I probably need to go to bed. So I am here with you guys today. So a couple of these stories are actually carryover from the night before, um, but I wanted to get this out to you guys today. So as if I needed the government messing with my life any more than they already do, CBD products will now require a regulatory pathway, according to the FDA, and the agency plans to work with Congress to develop a strategy. It was already illegal to market CBD products as dietary supplements, and the agency highlighted concerns around safety and unknowns about CBD. The FDA now says CBD products cannot be considered dietary supplements or food additives. Citing the findings from a working group review of studies, scientific literature, and other information submitted by the public. This decision directly denies three citizen petitions with this request. Uh, My gummies suggest that not only are they a food additive, but they're an incredibly effective one, so you're wrong, okay? Um, (laughs) We have not found adequate evidence to determine how much CBD can be consumed and for how long before causing harm. Therefore, we do not intend to pursue rulemaking allowing the use of CBD in dietary supplements or conventional foods. This was a statement by Dr. Janet Woodcock. What a name, man. She is the FDA Principal Deputy Commissioner. Uh, CBD is part of the cannabis plant that does not cause the high associated with marijuana. If you've ever been to a Liberty Happy Hour on a gummy night, you would know that this is also a lie. Uh, Some research has found that it can ease pain, and the FDA has approved one drug with CBD to treat rare, severe forms of epilepsy. The FDA faces a unique situation with CBD, says Christopher McCurdy, who is the president of the American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists, Mm. Who could have thought about Big Pharma getting involved? Because the products have become so popular and proliferated so much, there's much more anecdotal evidence than scientific evidence about how they work. The important thing to take away is that if they're trying to balance the consumer desire for the products with a regulatory framework to ensure the safety, that's what the FDA's role is, said McCurdy who is also a professor at the University of Florida's College of Pharmacy. Just to drive this point home, CBD products have been on the market for how long now? 
And now, as it gains massive popularity, they want to say they're not sure how it works and, and what kind of effects it might have on you. In government speak, that must mean that they don't feel like they're making enough money off of the consumer. We hereby henceforth declare a feel-better tax on any product that improves your life, as we do not condone you being happy or healthy. We require misery and mental instability, peasants. Thursday's statement from the FDA highlights potential risks and safety concerns around harm to the liver, interactions with certain medications, and effects on the male reproductive system, as well as exposure among children and pregnant people. Harm to the liver is a concern for you? May I point you into the direction of my friends Jose, Jack, and Jim? They are also not very good for the liver, but you must have missed them in your crusade of looking out for the potential risks and safety concerns for the public. An FDA report from 2021 noted that the CBD market has grown rapidly in recent years. Shocker that that's that's where we're going with this. It is estimated to be worth $4.6 billion, with forecasts predicting that the market will quadruple by 2026. You heard it here, folks. This is not investment advice because I literally know nothing about the stock market, but if Daddy Gov wants his finger in the pie, there's money to be made for you too. The same FDA report warns about Delta 8 THC. That's the one that I take. An emerging <laughs> cannabinoid market that typifies many of the safety concerns FDA has with products that contain these and other emerging cannabinoids. Unlike CBD, the THC cannabinoid is psychoactive. The U.S. Center for Disease and Control has issued an official health advisory for Delta-8 THC warning. These products have the potential to be confused with hemp, or CBD products that are not intoxicating, exposing consumers to the risk of an unexpected or increased intoxication. Could you imagine like grandma going to the CBD store thinking that she's just getting like her normal like, oh, this will make me, you know, feel calm medicine. And then she goes home and gets high as a kite because she got Delta 8 instead. <laughs> oh, it'd be great. Um, Okay. So you, I don't like the CCP. If you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you will know this. Uh, Janet Yellen went to Zambia, as I told you guys earlier this week. But after uh, she called China a barrier to debt reform while she was there, and Chinese officials in Zambia had pointed had a pointed response: "Get your own house in order." Chinese embassy said on its website Tuesday, the biggest contribution that the U.S. can make to the debt issues outside the country is to act on responsible monetary policies, cope with its own debt problem, and stop sabotaging other sovereign countries' active efforts to solve their debt issues. Republicans in the House of Representatives are using a risky, unusual threat to refuse to vote in a new debt ceiling a figure that reflects the money that's already spent and now owed by the government to pressure the Biden administration and Democrats to cut spending programs. So far, the Biden White House is absolutely refusing to negotiate, counting 
on hardline Republicans to step back under pressure from businesses, investors, and moderates. U.S. national debt is at $31 trillion, a figure that has skyrocketed since the 2000s. I can't imagine why. $5.6 trillion, thanks in part to increased spending for an aging population. Outlays for Iraq and Afghanistan wars, COVID-19 programs, and tax cuts that trimmed revenues. (laughs) Bruh. You saw how challenging they were within their own party? Do you think they're willing to back down because old Joe took a hard line? Yeah, I'm thinking no. Okay, so I told some of you that I was going to comment on the Project Veritas video. I am actually going to reserve that for a couple days. I'd like to do some additional research prior to talking about it, just because I don't want to say something inaccurate or unfounded without having sourced it from a a couple different places. Uh, With that being said, I will comment on a couple COVID-related things. Earlier yesterday, uh, VRBPAC, which is the FDA's Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee, met, as I told you earlier this week, to discuss the voting question, quote, does the committee recommend harmonizing the vaccine strain composition of the primary series and booster doses used in the United States to a single composition. The composition for all vaccines administered currently would be bivalent vaccine, original plus Omicron BA4 and BA5. At 4.36 p.m. yesterday, committee officials announced that they had voted yes, unanimously, 21 to 0 on this question. Unanimous. Not a single person dissented to say, you know, we've noticed myocarditis seems to be an issue in X age group following the second bivalent booster. Should we do some additional research prior to combining all of them into one mega shot that they're going to get all at once? Not one person was willing to go against the grain. And I can guess why. Because before the vote and subsequent discussions, they were presented with data from the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, as well as from preeminent COVID-19 vaccine developers, Moderna, Pfizer, and BioNTech, and Novavax. Be really hard to look across the aisle at the big money that big pharma is waving in front of your face and say, "Mm, no, I don't think so. No one, not one person was willing to stand up. It's alarming. A video clip is currently circulating. I will link it in the show notes on Twitter that takes place towards the end of that meeting. And it features the CDC Deputy Director Tom Shimabukuro, who makes some pretty stunning admissions, in my opinion. He said, quote, We take vaccine safety very seriously with respect to reports of people experiencing debilitating illnesses, we are aware of these reports of people experiencing long-lasting health problems following COVID vaccination. In some cases, the clinical presentation of people suffering these health problems is variable, and those specific medical causes for the symptoms have been found. We understand that illness is disruptive and stressful, especially under those circumstances, and we acknowledge these health problems have substantially impacted the quality of life 
for people and have also affected those around them. And we hope for improvement and recovery. And we will continue to monitor the safety of these vaccines and work with partners to better understand these types of adverse events. It's pretty hard reading how much they care about vaccine safety with all that we know now, including the immunity for the manufacturers, the fact that whether or not you could transmit the virus after vaccination was never studied, uh, VRBPAC members and presenters frequently use the influenza vaccine as an analogy for the need to update COVID-19 strain composition. One of this meeting's objectives was to convene a strain selection meeting as needed between routine periodic strain selection in order to address a more pathogenic escape variant. Quote, a move to a single vaccine strain composition for primary and booster vaccination in the United States would align with a recent recommendation from the European Medicines Agency Emergency Tax, I can't talk, Task Force. I would like to state for the record that I think this is probably a bad idea given how these drugs act spread apart. I cannot imagine how fun our insides are going to look once you start mixing them all together all at once. In addition to all of that, the FDA has withdrawn emergency use authorization for AstraZeneca's COVID-19 antibody mixture, Evosheld, as the treatment is not expected to neutralize the currently dominant XBB 1.5 subvariant of Omicron. The FDA has limited Evosheld's use earlier this month for the same reason, and the agency Thursday announced that United States shares of London-based AstraZeneca down 1.31% to 65.75. Omicron subvariant XBB15 has been spreading rapidly in the country since December, and it made up nearly half of all U.S. COVID-19 cases last week, according to government data, because that's trustworthy. The FDA's decision resonates with concerns raised by the European health regulator, about the effectiveness of monoclonal antibodies, such as Avishald, against newer variants. AstraZeneca said it was informed that the agency will decide about reinstating authorization of Avishald if the prevalence of resistant variants in the United States decreases to 90% or less on a sustained basis. I don't know the scientific basis for monoclonal antibodies. I'm not a doctor. But I can tell you with near certainty that had I not received the very monoclonal antibodies that I did, I wouldn't be writing this morning show for you. And alas, they are inexpensive and therefore discouraged. They do not make enough money. Uh, This next story is pretty wild, so hold on to your hats for this one. A woman was apprehended in northern New Jersey this week after allegedly using a forged birth certificate to enroll at a local high school. The woman identified as Hai Jiang Shin, and she is 29 years old. She faces a single third-degree charge for providing a false government document with intent to verify age or identity, the New Brunswick Police Department said in a news release issued after her arrest on Tuesday. 
Shin is accused of presenting a fake birth certificate to New Brunswick Board of Education in an attempt to attend public high school classes as a juvenile student, according to the police department. New Jersey state statutes, coupled with recommendations from the New Jersey Department of Education, require schools to, quote, immediately enroll unaccompanied children, even in the absence of records normally required for enrollment. Whether those children can immediately provide proof of guardianship or not, proof of guardianship is not necessary to immediately enroll an unaccompanied child or youth. Although a school district might request documents such as a birth certificate to verify a child's age, a school district may not prevent or discourage a child, including an unaccompanied child, from enrolling in or attending school because he or she lacks a birth certificate or has records that indicate a foreign place of birth, such as a foreign birth certificate. The administration at New Brunswick High School circulated a letter explaining Shin's arrest and the accusations against her, which also contained her photograph, adding that she had only attended classes with the other students for four days. No big deal, bro. She was pretending to be a freshman, which is more surprising because I don't believe she looks like a freshman, one student at the high school said. Another student told uh, CBS New York that Shin sent text messages to several classmates asking them to hang out. The mother of a senior at New Brunswick told CBS News that she was worried about this situation and asked how Shin was able to successfully enroll and attend classes without staff and security realizing her age. While the police investigation is underway, the school superintendent reportedly said that administrators will review the enrollment process and determine ways to better identify false documents going forward. Who the hell wants to go back to school in the first place? Like, you can hang out on social media for 15 to 20 minutes, and that feeling will will just disappear. Additionally, I find it wild that a kid can just show up unaccompanied by an adult, parent, or proper documentation, and the response is just, okay, come on in, your classroom's down the hall and to the left. I will be interested in following this one. I do have some theories about it, but I'm going to save that for Liberty Happy Hour tonight. So you will have to tune in if you want to hear my crazy conspiracy theory about the crazy lady joining school at almost 30 years old. Uh, With the last, or latest, I apologize, House Rules Package instituted at the beginning of January, McCarthy has finally won his battle against proxy voting. In 2020, the Democratic-controlled House voted on party lines to allow representatives to vote on behalf of their colleagues as a result of the COVID-19 public health crisis. The result? Hundreds of representatives, both Republicans and Democrats, spent the 116th and 117th sessions of Congress voting for countless pieces of legislation while barely spending time in the nation's capital. Me personally, I even saw one congressman voting from a yacht. It was probably one that our government stole from one of the Russian oligarchs, but 
I mean, how despicable is that, that you're supposed to be there representing your district and the people of the country and you're Skyped in on like a Zoom call with Congress on a yacht. It, it just, it blew my mind when I saw it. An insider analysis from April of 2022 found that two Democratic representatives, Al Lawson and Frederica Wilson, who are both two Florida Democrats, showed up to vote in person less than 7% of the time. 7% of the time. Since Since proxy voting was instituted, McCarthy and much of his caucus was vehemently opposed. With newfound control of the House, one of McCarthy's first moves was to eliminate proxy voting when finalizing the House Rules Package. But this may have been a mistake, the article suggests. The Republican Party holds just a very slim majority over Democrats in the House of Representatives, 222 Republicans to 212 Democrats, and needs 218 votes to pass any piece of legislation. (laughs) I love how this article says that. As if we want them passing legislation. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, The article goes on to say, at a time when a speaker would ideally like to have the chance to guarantee the votes and backing of absent members, he's given away one of the best tools a speaker had to nail down votes of the ill, the absent, the traveling, the unreliable, and those distracted by other ambitions. It could end up costing him. Um, goodness. I just, I can't believe I just read that. Perhaps, I I don't know. This is kind of crazy tinfoil hat idea. Bear with me. Perhaps they could show up to work every day and do their fucking job like the rest of the country to earn the paycheck that we, the people, pay them. With 435 representatives in the House, it's routine for members to fall ill, become injured, or need surgery. Proxy voting rules allowed members to legislate from afar in the event that something like that happened. But now, no matter what happens to a lawmaker, they'll be unable to vote on legislation without being in person at the Capitol. Uh, Good. Show up or show your consistency constituents, how little they mean to you. The choice is yours. That is your Friday edition of everything yesterday this morning. Again, I am sorry about yesterday. Uh, We do have Liberty Happy Hour tonight. We will be beginning at 1015 Eastern Standard Time. I look forward to having all of you there. We've got some good topics for tonight. Um, You take care and have a great weekend. Otherwise, I will see you guys on Monday. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.